Ronnie, I do too, so. I have, I have a praise uh, to share. Uh, you know, we went down and cleaned my mom's house out last week. And uh, we talked to a realtor. They decided that they weren't going to sell it uh, as a house to for someone. We're selling it to uh, an investor that's going to buy it and flip it. And they auctioned it. We had five contracts offered within one day of showing it, and it will close Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no inspection, cash offer, we walk away with money. <laughs> and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Now the prayer is that my mom just understands what happened. <laughs> or doesn't understand what happened. But um, I told my sisters today this was definitely a God thing. Because um, some of the offers were, you know, very had a lot of uh, strings attached. This one had no strings. Cash. Have it done by Friday. So I, I've never seen a house sell in two days. Uh, sign the paper today. Hand them the keys on Friday. And they hand us a check. Or I guess it'll be a check. I hope it's a check. My sister doesn't need to have that kind of cash in her hand. <laughs> so, but anyway, you know, God's good. God takes care of us. We don't always understand what's going on, but even with all this stuff happening around us, God's still God. So, the names of God, we've, we've gone through a whole bunch of them. Uh, we're, we're getting into some names that are only used once in the Bible, uh, but the description of the name is is throughout the Bible, and and we understand this. We understand this this part of God uh, a lot. The God who forgives. The name is El Nase. I know it looks like nose. El Nose. Okay. El Nase. And uh, I had to listen to someone pronounce it for me uh, because I was pronouncing it El Nose. And, uh, well, if I knew how to do that on my computer, I would do that. Okay. Michael, Michael and his... Okay, so listen to, listen to where it's used in, in Scripture. Psalm 99, verse 8 says this, O Lord our God, you answered them, you are a forgiving God to them. And you are a, a forgiving God is El Nase to them. And yet an avenger of their evil deeds. In other words, God forgives us and yet holds us accountable or allows us to experience the consequences of our sin. And we've all we've we've all gone through that. Um, you know, you're driving down the road, you're doing eighty and a seventy, 
you see the uh, blue and red lights behind you, you get pulled over. Okay, they, they write you this little award, driving award. All right, God forgives you, but guess what? The state still requires you to pay that fine. Okay, you've got to pay for your reward or award, okay? It's not one that they give out. They, you have to pay for it so that you can keep it, yoke, all right? But we pay the consequences of our sin, and God allows that in our lives. Now, sometimes he, does, he, he can remove the consequences. Now, that's a true statement. But as the psalmist says, that you forgive their sins, and yet you pay... You're an avenger of their evil deeds. You, you, you cause them to pay for their evil deeds. We, we suffer the consequences of our sin so many times. Now, the physical consequences. Now, the good thing about God is we don't suffer the spiritual consequences of our sin. The penalty of our sin has been paid for. That's a good thing about God. Now, we might suffer, you know, whenever we, we've sinned and we, we, we realize that we've sinned and we're, we kind of squeak into God's presence. <laughs> we don't want to be in God's presence at the moment. So there's that, that idea of the broken fellowship, but the relationship is not broken. Because the penalty of our sin is paid for. Through Jesus. Now the word nasi, the the Hebrew uh, the Hebrew word nasi means to lift high or to carry or to take. It's a physical movement of actually raising it up, carrying it. And the emphasis. The main emphasis is, is both physical and emotional and spiritual with a notion of carrying or bearing, being at punishment, shame, or something similar. So this notion has been expanded to include the principle of forgiveness. So, so let me help us understand this. With the idea of forgiveness, God carries... He lifts the burden of the sin off of us and carries it for us. Now we understand that idea. Whenever he lifts, he places it on Jesus on the cross and, and Jesus ex experienced our sin. I, I use this verse often. I probably have quoted more times... Uh, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that Jesus became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. The worst thing that you've ever done in your life, Jesus became that on the cross. And He bore that, He lifted it up, and took the punishment of that, and offered it back to us as forgiveness. That's what this word means. Now, it's translated throughout the scriptures as bear up or carry. 
But it's used several times as the word forgive. So here's, here's some of the ways that it's used in forgiveness. Exodus 34. And I want to I read the verses around Exodus 34. Exodus 34. Look at... Oh, now I have verse 7. It's going to be on the, on the board. But verse 6 says this. The Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. So, Moses, he, this is the second time he's up on the mountain. He's thrown the tablets down on the ground, shattered them. Now he's had to cut the tablets out of the stone himself. The first time God cut them for him, this time Moses had to cut them for himself. Okay? And, and God passes by Moses. And he says of himself, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, and thousands means generations, who forgives iniquity and transgressions and sins. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. So he identifies himself as a loving, kind God who forgives. And that word forgives is the, the word nasay. He bears up the sin, the iniquity. He bears it up. Now he turns around and he, you know, he's, he's going to allow, he, he by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Okay? And, and, and the this and the iniquity of the fathers, now we could go into all that, and we will at some, some point in the future, uh, but understand that, that that's not the punishment of the sin, that's the propensity to commit the same sin. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Now, but but see here, in that, look at verse six, just so that we'll understand a little bit about the forgiveness. Look at what he says in verse six. He's compassionate, gracious, and slow to anger. Now, how many times are we slow to anger? Don't answer that out loud. <laughs> okay? Oftentimes, we show our anger before we show our compassion, right? Oftentimes, that we would rather show our displeasure before we showed loving kindness. And this says that God is slow to anger He's compassionate and loving kindness. He's, he's full of loving kindness and, and abounding in loving kindness. And he's always acting in truth. All right? Now, Numbers chapter 14, same, same idea that's being said here. 
Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. In this passage of Scripture, the people of Israel are complaining, rebelling against God. And Moses says, The Lord is slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Again, he, he quotes what God told him on the mountain. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But He will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the third and fourth generation of the children. Okay? Psalm 32. Psalm 32 is a sister psalm to Psalm 51. David wrote both of these psalms. Psalm 51 is the psalm that he wrote after Bathsheba. His, after Nathan confronted him with Bathsheba. Psalm 32 is a sister to that. Okay, we don't know exactly when he wrote it, but it was, it was some point after he understood the, the idea of forgiveness. Verse 1. How blessed, the word blessed, always, a lot of translations use the word happy. Okay? How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. The word forgiven there is the same word or the root word, nase. Alright? How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And then verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgression to you. And you forgave. Again, the root word of, for nase, the guilt of my sin, selah. Take a breath. Whenever you see the word selah, it means take a breath. Whenever we experience forgiveness, we can take a breath, right? <laughs> Whenever we truly understand what forgiveness is all about, Man, there, we don't deserve forgiveness, do we? I, I don't know about y'all. I don't deserve forgiveness. And as, as we continually live our lives, God is eager to forgive us. And He tells us, David, think about David for a moment. He committed adultery. Got the woman pregnant. Tried to trick her husband into being with her. He would not fall for that. He could not be manipulated. He was a man of integrity. So he sends him to the front line and has him killed. Puts him on the front line and tells uh, the leader, Joab, to withdraw, 
retreat without telling Uriah that he's retreating. And not only does Uriah die, but several other men die. And then on top of that, he marries the woman, and then the baby dies. Consequences of the sin. Okay? And David says, Blessed is, is he whose transgression is forgiven. Now we, we need to understand the depth of that. Because we might not have done those things. But even having a bad attitude or worrying or speeding down the road because that's breaking the law of the land causes us to need a Savior. And because we need a Savior, Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And as He died on the cross, He made the statement, It is finished. Tetelestai. Meaning that the penalty of sin had been paid for. As He's on the cross, before He said it is finished, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the reason why he said that is because for the first time, the only time in all of eternity, God and Jesus were not one. I don't know how that works, but God cannot look upon sin and, and, and Jesus became sin on the cross. And he said, it is finished. It's paid for. It's done. And because of that, you and I have the privilege of being in His presence. Selah. Take that breath. Relax in that. Feel the, feel the joy of that. Now that doesn't mean that we get to go around sinning all the time. Okay? Paul says, heaven forbid. Should we sin more so that grace can abound? Heaven forbid. No. But because of what He's done for us, we get to live for Him in obedience to Him. And as we live in obedience for Him, we have the joy of having our sins forgiven. So let's pray in His name. Here's some thoughts. And I use, just so that I, just so y'all know, I use um, Tony Evans' book, Pray in the Name of God, for a lot of, a lot of this. Okay? And so, as, as this prayer, um, you know, I'm just letting you know that these aren't original with me. I, I rewrite some of his stuff. 
uh, use, using his words. All right? Adoration. You are a forgiving God. You do not hold a grudge or bear anger against your people. Now, think about this. And I want you to understand, again, it's forgiveness. One of the things about forgiveness is God chooses not to remember our sin. The Bible says He forgets our sin. Actually, it says He remembers it no more. If I forget where I put my keys, that's a mistake, right? That's why I keep them in my pocket. My hand's always in my pocket. I'm, I'm making sure my keys are where they're supposed to be. But God doesn't make a mistake. He chooses not to remember our sin. And He doesn't hold it against us. That's what this phrase says. That you, you do not hold a, a grudge or bear anger against your people. Man, whenever people have hurt us, we I guarantee you we remember what people have done to us. And we 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 sometimes we sometimes we can tell you what, what day it happened on too. Okay? And the time. Okay. Tell you what I was wearing and they were wearing. <laughs> Alright? And God doesn't do that. In his forgiveness. Isn't that an awesome thought? Now my favorite verse. One of my favorite. I have too many favorite verses. So I need to quit saying that. Ephesians 4.32. The first verse I ever learned to uh, memorize. says that we're supposed to forgive others as God through Christ Jesus has forgiven us. But we're not supposed to hold grudges. We're not supposed to bear anger. Yes, sir, it is. And I realize that that's a process for us because we're human beings. But it ought to be a goal for every relationship that we have. Oh, how, how would our world be different if, if we could live like that? Alright. So you let us learn from our wrong choices. Because again, remember, he, 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 he allows us to suffer the consequences. So he's letting us learn from our wrong choices. But you let us learn the depth of, of, of your forgiveness. Your love covers my sin and you teach me through my wrong choices. Excuse my bad typing there. I need a proofreader, don't I? Confession. Obviously, if we're praying the prayer to the, the God who forgives, you would think that we would need to just com start confessing all of our sins. I experience this name of yours daily, sometimes hourly. When you forgive me, I experience your pure love. 
Oftentimes I cannot remember all of my sins, yet you know them all. And I beg for your mercy and I'm grateful to receive it. El Nasai. You see, yes, we need to we need to confess. Now, we don't. One of his books, one of Tony Evans's books, um, he's got two of them about praying the names of God. One of them said, you don't need to walk around with a with a uh, a journal or a tablet, writing down every time you sin throughout the day. Okay. <laughs> uh, but. You know, at the end of the day, you probably need to sit down and say, God, help me remember what I did wrong, that I can confess it. And if you know that you did something wrong immediately, you confess it right then. Uh, there have been times with some of the, some of the things that happen in our office, uh, some of the relationships I have with, with employees, uh, uh, co-workers of mine, uh, there are times that I have to sneak out to my car and say God please forgive me because I allow their personalities or their attitudes or their whatever to get cause me to I choose to be sideways with them alright and I have to uh, step aside and say okay God help me love this person you know yeah we have to do that but then at the end of the day whenever before we go to bed, we say, okay, God, help me. Re remind me of what I've done today that, that broke your heart. Please forgive me. And if I don't remember all of them, forgive me. Thanksgiving. My heart overflows with gratitude to you for your capacity to forgive. Words cannot adequately express the thankfulness within me for this, your greatest gift. Thank you for the grace and mercy of your forgiveness in my life and all it allows me to experience. You know, have you ever thought about that your salvation is the greatest gift you've ever experienced in, 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 in life? And it comes from forgiveness of your sin? My sin. I'm not excluding me in that statement. That's not a scripture. That's just his, out of that, his book. But it, the fact that our greatest gift from God is our salvation and it, it is based on his forgiveness, forgiving of our sins. And we need, to, we need to thank Him for that. And as He's forgiven us, I mean, aren't you glad He hasn't held you accountable for everything that you've ever done wrong? <laughs> okay? And then finally, the supplication. I ask you to help me to not take lightly the gift of your forgiveness. Create in me a heart of gratitude that will motivate me to serve you with my life. Remind me of the terrible price you paid on the cross to offer me forgiveness. 
I pray that I will truly own and walk in this truth. That's supposed to be righted on my mind, heart, and soul and help me stand confidently before you approaching your throne of grace boldly. You know, we need to realize and understand that this gift of forgiveness cost God a tremendous price. The death of Jesus on the cross. A perfect life. We're fixing to celebrate the, the perfect birth. the perfect life so that he could die the perfect death to pay for the perfect sacrifice. As the original verse of Amazing Grace said, for a worm such as I. And we need to understand that. We need to grasp that and not take it lightly. You know, and, and we, as, we as Baptists, we believe in once saved, always saved. And I believe that with all my heart. I thank God that I can't do anything to cause me not to be in His family anymore. Okay? I thank God for that. But because of the penalty or the because of the price of the penalty that's been paid for me, it does it motivates me not to do stuff. Just to do it. I sin enough as it is. <laughs> and I know people that oh, I'll just go and ask for forgiveness. No. You might not know Jesus the way I do. And I'm I'm and you know you know people like that. You know you know people in your life that that say that they're they're believers, uh never come through the, the door, uh they live their life, do all kinds of stuff. Ah, but once saved, always saved. I made a decision as a kid. Ah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that's right. Okay. You know, you obey, you abide in my word. I abide in you and I and you abide in my word. Okay? There's there's just over and over and over. There's things about Jesus telling us or and God's Word telling us that we are to walk a different life. And as we pray to the God who forgives, El Nasser, God help us to remember the price that it, you paid for my forgiveness. All right. Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, 
regular time for everything. And then Sunday afternoon at 4.30, we're going to have our fish fry. And uh, hopefully hopefully we'll still be hungry by then. I mean, we'll, we'll be hun- hungry at 4.30. I mean, we might eat a big, hopefully you won't eat too big of a lunch. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't eat a big lunch. Come come at 4.30 hungry. And uh, after after we eat, we're going to have a time of, of Thanksgiving and uh, sharing testimonies and, and uh, possibly sing some uh, if, if Michael has got some of that together. Uh, did he not remember Sunday night whenever I challenged him to do that? Uh, Rita, you weren't here, so I, I, I've been told to tell you and uh, I keep I keep telling Michael, so I won't. <laughs> we invited the three, the four young ladies to sing, and three of the four said yes. The fourth one, her mama said that she will sing. You now, do you remember all that, Michael? Okay, all right. <laughs> it's closed. Yeah, that they, they that one, that one's closed down. That one's closed down. Oh, I went to a good fish place though. Uh huh. Thank you so much for today, for your love, and and God, we thank you for uh, the forgiveness that you give, and we praise you, because as as you identified yourself with Moses, that you were slow to anger, loving kindness, full of gracious uh, grace and and compassion, and so Father, I pray that that we would. Um, we would learn to experience you in those characteristics more and more every day. Father, as David said, blessed is the man who is, uh, whose sins are forgiven or transgressions are forgiven. Uh, Father, help us to feel your forgiveness in our lives. The freedom that that forgiveness brings. The ability to walk with you the boldness that we can approach you with. And, and then also the, the ability to be obedient to you. The desire to be obedient to you. And serve you. Thank you. Thank you for, for forgiveness. And most of all, thank you for the penalty, the price that Jesus paid so that we can be forgiven. What a blessing. Help us to share that blessing and the joy and and the freedom that we experience. Help us to share it with other people that they might come to know you in that intimate way. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.